Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Y'all doing okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell them now. I'm excited to be with y'all this morning. Speak to the series we've been in, The Generous Life. Y'all were generous last week. It's a funny thing, right? So we're doing the cow. We're like, look at the church. Praise the Lord. Look at them. Being generous. You know, last week we talked about giving, kind of the meaning behind it. You know, we talked about that when we are generous, we create generous people. That when we give, it's not so much important as what we're giving, but it's the intention behind it, right? Where our heart is, what is the motive behind it? What does our delivery look like? That God is more concerned with our heart than he is with anything else that we could do for him. And God blesses us to be a blessing to other people so that way they can experience him through us, experience him in this world. And through this, man, it always births glory. Today we're going to continue our exploration of the generous life and what that looks like and how we can live it out. It's going to be a tougher one, though, Simon, today. So I'm going to pray. Invite God in this thing, amen, and just allow him to lead us. So you just pray with me. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for how generous you are with everything, Lord. I think about your love. I think about your grace, your mercy. Man, you overwhelmingly do more than what we deserve. And so, Father, when we look at your example and implement it in our life, with the way that you respond to situations, be the way that we respond, Lord. And we know that we can only do this through you. And so, Father, we thank you for your son, for him not only giving us the words of wisdom, but also, man, giving us a model to follow, Lord. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to empower us to make these things capable and able, Lord. And help us tap into those resources. Help us not just be people that hear the word, but do the word. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord. And we just ask that you will be with us and you lead us this morning and you speak to us in a way that, man, it just sharpens us a little bit better. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the word generous, if you read it, you find the definition of it. And it means a showing of readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. So basically you're saying, hey, man, I am willing to do something that's not required of me, and I don't have an attachment of expecting something in return. You see, because if you do something for somebody else and you're expecting to get something back, that doesn't mean you're being generous, okay? That means you're being a hustler, okay? If you know anything about a hustler, a hustler is always looking for how they can use somebody for their own advantage, for their own benefit. And one thing about hustling, one thing about generous is, it's like greed and generosity. From the outside perspective, from looking at somebody else, it kind of looks similar at times. But the thing about God is he always reveals the truth about every situation, every motive, 
everything behind the scenes that you, we normally don't pick up. And as I was reading this and thinking about this, it made me think of this verse in Psalms 20, 27 that I want to read to us on the screen. It says, the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. And that's the thing, church. There's nothing you could run from the truth. There's not enough lies to cover it up. And as we walk with God, he's going to always bring things to light. He's going to always expose the truth of every situation. You see, generosity is one of those actions that reveal intentions. It's going to expose some things. It doesn't take much to identify the place that is something is coming from, whether it's being greedy or being generous. And when we think of being generous, a lot of times we're thinking about money. It's what we identify being generous, right? Oh, give us some money to a situation, to a problem. And while that is a form of generosity at times, it's not the only form. Many times we think that is the best form. That's the solution to all our problems, right? If I just had enough money, everything would be fixed. We see this happen with churches a lot of times, right? They throw money at a situation. They throw money at a problem. And it might help. It might be a band-aid. But it never brings lasting change. Because money, as great of a resource it is, it isn't always the best form of generosity. It isn't always the best way to go about things. You see, today we're going to read about another form of generosity that always gets looked at times. And it's going to come from a place that's hard for us to apply to our lives. We're going to be reading in Luke chapter 6 today. And a lot of people know this as the Sermon on the Mount. There was a lot of times that Jesus was teaching principles to being a Christian, to being a believer, to inherit the kingdom of God. But the section that we're going to be focused on today, if you read your Bible, it's usually titled, Love Your Enemies. Love Your Enemies. You see, God calls us to be generous with our love. And that's what I want us to talk about and explore today. What does that look like for us? How is this even possible? And how can we live this out? So we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, reading verses 27 through 36. Of course, we have the verses on the screen for me. But I want to start here in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 29. I want us to start there. Jesus starts off saying, But you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. And I want you to understand, man, when people heard this, they looked at Jesus, they said, okay, you don't went too far, Lord. I can't do all that. Now you're asking a lot of me. You see, you got to think about the people he was talking to. He was talking to the Jews, the chosen people. He was talking to Israel. And at this time, they're being oppressed by the Romans. You see, the prophets had always told about a Messiah coming and, and rescuing them and relieving them. And their view of what that looked like was more in the form of a military general. They were thinking somebody's going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire. So when Jesus started telling people, hey, man, I want you to love these people, they were like, no, Jesus. You know what these people have done to us? That's a hard ask for anybody. And a lot of people at that point say, you know what? 
I was cool with Jesus to this. I, I can't walk with him anymore. I, I don't want nothing to do with this. What they missed is he wasn't asking them to give their affection to them. He was saying he wants us to be conscious of our attitude, of our responses, of the way that we treat others. Despite how they treat us, he wants us to extend grace and love in the same way that is given to us. I want you to take this away this morning. It's something that we just read from that verse. Our ability to hear increases our capability to love. Our ability to hear, to listen, it's going to increase the response that we have. It's going to increase our chance of loving somebody that's difficult. Now, I want you to be clear. That doesn't mean under your own power you're going to be able to pull this off, okay? That's probably one of the struggles that we have is we hear the word of God and we say, okay, God, I'm going to apply this, but then we leave God out of it. And then we wonder why we couldn't do the very thing that he asked of us. Well, because in our own strength and our own power, there are going to be things that are asked of us that we can't do. We need the Lord. We need Jesus. And Jesus said, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to listen? Church, listening is a skill that many people say they got, right? A lot of people say, man, I'm a great listener after you just had to repeat something to them. We all know how that's like. A lot of times those people that we think say that is us, right? We say we're great listeners and we realize we're not the best listeners. <laughs> you know, just because we have ears doesn't mean that we know how to use them well. See, to be a great listener, it starts with the willingness to receive something that's outside of yourself. Did you know in sports, there's only a certain amount of people that get selected to the next level one professional. If you look at the number of professional athletes and sport athletes in collegiate and college, only 2% of them actually make it to the pros. And you think about it, all these college athletes are talented. But the thing is, it's not just about being talented. It's about being coachable. It's about having a willing to be teachable, to listen. If you ever worked at a job and you know somebody to always get passed up for the promotion, and that person just cannot stand it. They're like, man, I'm always here on time. I work hard. I do everything that's asked. But they don't realize that often to complete their task, they're having to be asked repeatedly. And that's part of the reason they keep getting passed over. You see, a lot of us think we're really good listeners until we get exposed that we don't listen that well. And I'll be the first one to admit it. My wife always tells me, did you hear what I said? And I catch myself doing the same thing with my children. Because I learned, you know what? As much as I think I'm a good listener with people and I interact with people, I'm not that good. Church, we got to have a willingness to listen. A willingness to listen. If we aren't willing to listen, we're going to miss when he speaks. We're going to miss out on the Holy Spirit empowering us to do the impossible. We're going to end up turning our ears to our emotions. And if you know anything, when we're in our emotions, man... That's a dangerous place to be. That's a place a lot of us black out. A lot of us just see red. A lot of us burn down the building. It's a dangerous place. But it doesn't have to be who we are. There's a verse that probably many of you have heard, but it's one that we often, we say these things, but I don't know if we truly listen and live by it. 
I want to read it to Philippians chapter 4. Because it's verse 13. Y'all probably know this. It says, for I can do all things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Has anybody ever said that? Amen. I can do all things through the Lord. That's a very true statement. But how many of us be trying to do all things through ourselves? You see, with Jesus, it is possible to love your enemies. It is possible to turn your cheek. It is possible to pray for that person that's being difficult, to bless them. But left to our own, man, we're going to be looking soggy, upset, and sad. But that's why listening is so important. Because it removes the cap of our emotions that's holding us back. It allows Jesus to work in us and through us, giving us his strength, his grace, his love, his words, his wisdom. And we need that church. We need to be good listeners. You know, one time when I was at another church, right, and there was a married couple. I loved them to death. I'm trying to help them. But one day they were like, Pastor, we need to talk. Okay. And so I go to the side and service is going off through all this, okay? So we go to talk. And the husband starts telling me, man, I'm tired of y'all Christians. I'm tired of the way that y'all act like this and y'all do this. Y'all ain't even real. They're, he's going off on me, okay? And I'm sitting there listening, just listening. His wife is afraid. Hey, man, you need to calm down. Don't talk to the pastor like that. And I'm just listening and listening and letting him talk. And I said, brother, look. I understand you're upset, but I want you to know, even if you were to walk away today, Jesus isn't walking away from you. He's not giving up on you, and neither am I. I'm going to love you still. I'm going to be there for you and your family still. I'm going to be checking on you still. And he said, okay. And I saw him ball up his fist, and I said, okay, uh-oh. <laughs> he said, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see if you're going to turn the other cheek. Now, my flesh was telling me, okay. Go ahead and pick a square. Get your stance. Tuck your chain in. Get ready. My flesh was like, I know you ain't going to go out like this. But I said, I need a pause. Because I know that's not what God wants me to do. I know that this brother is on the brink of a breakthrough. And my response is vital in this moment. I said, God, I don't know. I'm going to need you, Lord. I don't really feel like getting hit today. I don't want to take this. I need you to intervene. I need you to give me a word. I need you to move through me. I ended up talking with that brother. Lo and behold, he didn't hit me, okay? <laughs> Thankfully. And now that brother is one of the most fired people I know for the Lord, leading other people to Jesus. <clears throat> I could have messed that up completely if I allowed my emotions to take control. If I wasn't willing to stop and pause and listen and allow myself to access what Jesus has for me. He made an impossible situation possible because... I'm telling you, he, he was about to swing a couple times on me, okay? And out of that moment, I was like, ah, man, I'm, I'm willing to take some black eyes for the Lord. It ain't going to be fun to go back on stage in a minute <laughs> looking like, dang, Pastor, what happened to you? Don't worry. <laughs> but church, we got to be willing to listen, even in the hardest moments. I know it seems impossible at times, but it is possible when we pause. It is possible when we include Jesus in our moments. When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. I want us to continue to read in Luke. Let's go to verse 30 through 31. Then Jesus continued to say, man, give to anybody who asks. 
And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them done to you. That's a concept that's so foreign in our culture. It feels backwards. It feels weird when we think about that. Because what do we do? They get me, I'm going to get them. You borrow my money, you better have my money. I'm going to come collect or I'm going to have to take something of value. It's hard for us to understand this. That's the thing about God's way in this world. This world's been doing things backwards for so long it feels normal. So when we try to do it God's way, the right way, it feels weird. You're like, I don't even know if this is right. Even though we know this is what the Lord said. This is what he confirmed. This is what he's asking of me. It's hard at times. It's hard, especially when you feel like you've done something that didn't ask for what you're receiving in return, right? You know what it's like to love somebody and then for them to just crap on you, right? For you to treat you a certain type of way. When all you've done is try to be there for that person. Church, nobody likes being taken advantage of. Nobody likes being lied to. And God isn't asking us to give everybody permission just to spit on us, to run over us, to do these type of things. But he wants us to see the things that are happening in these moments, these wrongs that are being committed, are going to get turned around. There's something greater behind than what we're experiencing in that moment. There's a goodness that is going to come from this for both of you if you would just press into the Lord. And what did he ask? I want you to take this away. He said, do to others what God has done for you. That's all he's saying. He said, look, man, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not already doing for you. When we're the ones being wrong, it, it's easy to allow our emotions to spill out and to lead us certain ways. How many of us have grown up and said, look, man, I'm not the one, okay? I'm not the one to mess with. They better try Jesus because I ain't the one. A lot of us know that phrase, right? I ain't the one. I'm willing to catch hands. I'm willing to, to fight. The truth is, though, through that, man, all we're going to experience is more pain, more hurt. It's not going to take away what we think it's going to. Do you know what vengeance will bring at your own hands? A lot of times we think, you know what, if I just avenge myself, if I make things right my way, I'm going to fix everything. It's going to bring the fulfillment that I'm lacking. What it really does is it walks you through a doorway of being corrupted with the illusion that fulfillment will come. That's a doorway that's dangerous when we walk through, when we try to deliver justice in our own hands, in our own way. God doesn't want that for us. He's trying to save us from being entangled in things that we don't need to be in. To be before you today is a very fortunate place for me to be because there's a lot of things that I've gone and done with my hands that I wish I could take back, that I'm thankful that I'm not dead, that I'm not in jail. I have a lot of people that I grew up with. Some are dead. Some are in jail for life because they couldn't just let it go. They had to make sure that the same pain, the same hurt that they had, that other person experienced. There's no good that's going to come from that. It's not going to replace what you were going through. God doesn't want that for us. 
my attachment, man, to trying to get a return in things took me to a lot of dark places. And that's tough. But thankfully, we have a heavenly father that hasn't done us that same way. Thankfully, he's been willing to be patient with us. He's willing to still choose to love us, to show us grace, to show us mercy. And all he's asking is say, man, I want you to realize how good I've been to you. And I'm just asking, I'm just telling you, if you would do this for somebody else, man, it could change everything for that person. I know you might not understand it. I know it's the last thing that you want to do, but I want you to think of what I've done for you. That's the place we got to find ourselves, church, thinking about how gracious the Lord has been to us whenever he's asking us to love somebody that's hard, to love somebody this way. He wants to keep reading a little bit. Let's see what else Jesus says after this. Verse 32 through 34, he says, if you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. If you lend up money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners lend to other sinners for a full return. Jesus is trying to let them know, man, there's got to be a distinction when you're a believer. He always talks about being set apart. Separating yourself from this world. He says, look, man, you're either going to be part of my family or part of the world's family, but you can't be both. You can't just be doing the bare minimum. So that means coming to church, coming to groups and doing some of these things, man, they are a great place to start growing your faith. But that shouldn't be the only place that your faith remains. Because if it is, man, you're going to find yourself Stagnant, you're gonna find yourself blurring the lines from the truth and misrepresenting God. That's part of the reason that there are many people in this world that don't believe in God or Jesus, because there are so many believers that are do the bare minimum. They go to church, but they really don't try to change. They go to the prayer service, but they ain't praying. They're just hanging out and trying to get received prayer. I don't know what you know about games, okay? But playing both sides can get you killed. And God is trying to tell us, hey, man, look, I want you to find a starting point with your faith, but you need to be pressing into always growing. As a believer, it's a dangerous place for us to live our life, trying to play both worlds. It's, lead, it's going to lead you to a weak faith, a weak relationship with Jesus. It's going to lead you to a walk that feels dry, that feels disconnected from the Lord. And there's a greater chance of you growing without God than with God if you remain that way, just doing the very minimum. <clears throat> See, that's a place that the devil loves to have us at. Because that's a place he can manipulate you. That's a place that he can make you turn against God. That's a place that you don't realize you're hindering your prayers, you're hindering your own faith. I know a lot of people that are praying for certain things and they're like, I don't understand why God hasn't came through. But then they continue to do the things that God told them to quit doing. God is a merciful God, and he wants to help us, but there's got to be a point that you help yourself. What are you doing? For us to grow, for us to create separation, we have to actively and intentionally 
Live by his word. Live by the Spirit's leading. We've got to follow Jesus' example. I want you to take this away this morning. Loving like God requires living according to his ways. <coughs> loving like God requires living according to his ways. I know we just talked about how backwards that's going to feel, right? Because it's not part of our nature. Our nature is usually to do the opposite of God, is to rebel against God. Growing up, right, I, people know this, I don't speak much Spanish, I don't speak that. I mean, I can understand some, but I can't speak some. But did you know that when I got into high school, I took French? I said, I don't need Spanish. Spanish is something I'm naturally going to learn. I'm going to pick it up one day. I'm going to take something else. Church, I still don't know Spanish. <laughs> or French. Or French. How do you say it? I know some French now, okay? Please, allez à toilette. Please, God, use the restroom, please. But that's the thing we do with our faith. We think, you know what? If I just come to church, if I just hang out in these places, I'll naturally pick it up. I'll naturally become that person of faith. I'll naturally be that prayer warrior. I'll naturally exercise these things that Jesus is talking about. But God is saying, look, man, it's got to be more than that. You got to be putting this stuff into practice. You got to be intentional and actively seeking these things and applying these things. And that's difficult when it comes to loving somebody that is hard to love. But if we're going to love like God, we're going to have to do it His way. Many of us hear from the Lord and say, okay, God, but then we still try to do it our own way. We wonder why we make a mess of the situation. If living your life your way had gotten you to the place that you wanted, you wouldn't be here. But it's a realization that you know what? You need God's help that's going to change you and direct your path of doing it the right way. And that's a place that we all have to come to at times. And that's a place that God wants to help us remain in because we're going to accomplish way more than we can without him. Church, we got to go beyond the minimal. He says, man, you're going to love people, man. I want you to love more than you already love now. I want you to love that stranger that asked you for change. I want you to love that co-worker that's over there making your life difficult. I want you to love that family member that keeps dragging your name in the mud. And now I know a lot of times we think, like, that's not possible, Lord. You're not, you can't ask me something like that. I can't do it. He's like, no, you can't. But I'm asking you to do it with me. And watch how you can. He's asking us to go beyond the minimum. Let's continue to read Luke 27, Luke uh, 34 through 36. Jesus continues, man. He tells him again love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid, and then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as the children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are thankful and wicked, and you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Man, there's no denying how compassionate God is towards us. He loves his enemies. is always on full display because of the love he has for us. There's a point that we weren't his enemy. That we were cursing his name. That we were spitting in his face. That we were that person hating on him. 
but he still chose to love us. He still chose to open doors for us. He still chose to show us grace and to show us mercy. God is always loving us. And when we can learn to love like God, we can bring healing to hurting situations. The thing is, we never know what's happening behind the scene for that person that's coming against us, right? A lot of times we just see the effects of why they're acting this way. And we think, man, I didn't do nothing to this person. I didn't ask for this. Lord, would you strike them down? Would you clear the earth with them? Would you remove them? Would you make them feel the pain that they're causing me? But God's looking at us and he's like, man, you're that same person that I loved. You're that same person that was acting these ways because I knew there was a deeper situation going on and I chose to love you. And I'm asking you to do the same. God's telling us today, church, the solution to a lot of these problems is love. But not just our love, it's his love. It's loving his way. Because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes for that other person. I want you to take this away finally. That your generosity goes beyond the results that you witness. It's deeper than what you know. People get to experience the goodness of our Father through us expressing love and grace to them and they don't deserve it. That doesn't guarantee that we're always going to see the results right there firsthand. Sometimes you do. And when you see it, man, it is a powerful thing to witness. When I was in that place where that dude was going to hit me and I saw the breakthrough, it was a powerful moment for me. The church, there's been a lot of times I didn't see breakthrough. There was a lot of times that people would come against me and God was saying to bless them anyway. I've lost vehicles, I've lost lawnmowers, I've lost all kinds of things in my life of trying to follow the word and trying to love like God. And sometimes you can feel like, man, what's the use of this? What's the point of all this? But you never know how deep it is on the other side. You never know what has led that person to act the way that they are. Just yesterday we were at the Bardell's, right? Desiree was looking at some stuff and I'm just looking, looking at books. And this guy stops me. And he's like, hey, brother. I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? And this is the thing, okay? If I've done this to you, it's probably because I didn't know your name, so forgive me, okay? But this is, this, I'm going to give y'all a secret, all right? When you don't know somebody's name, just say, hey, brother. How you doing? <laughs> hey, sister. How are you? Uh, all right? If I've done that to you, I apologize. Okay. But I was just like, hey, brother, what's going on? And he said, you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> You don't remember me. I was like, man, honestly, man, I don't know. What's going on, though? <laughs> he said, you know, I'm what's the name, homeboy, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's like, how you been, man? What's going on? I heard you got the church going. I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, man, that's good. He said, you probably don't remember this. But many years ago, you know, when I was out there slanging and I was out there doing all these things, we went to the county jail. He was like, that day changed me. And this is like years ago, okay? And I didn't know this. He's like, so I just wanted to tell you, man, that I've been trying to get, you know, this person and this person. I've been trying to get them to come to the Lord. And, man, this is going on. And God has been blessing me. And he was on fire for God. And the crazy thing is I didn't even know his name. But I knew who he was. And the person that he used to be was a person that, I'm just going to be honest, man, he sold a lot of drugs in our city. But you never know what that other person is going through. 
The crazy thing is I never had a one-on-one. -on -one. I never did much to him. But I did try to love like God. You never know the seed that you're planting. You never know how deep the pain is for the other person that's coming against you. You never know what God is going to do in their life later down the road. I'm a product of that. I talk about it all the time, man. I've had some people that have gave me some words over the years. And, man, now I look back and I've apologized to some because I realize how hard-headed I was, how much of a knucklehead I was. And that's because they didn't get to always see the results. Your generosity goes beyond what you witness. So yes, you might not get to see what's going to happen in that person's life, but I guarantee you God's word doesn't come back void. The things that he's asking you to do, it has purpose. It might be to chip away at a hard heart. It might be for somebody for the first time to experience them in a way that they never thought possible. But your obedience to love like God, to follow Jesus' example, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Church, it could change somebody's life forever. I've seen it happen time and time again. A lot of us wonder how in the world can we change this world? Well, it starts by being like the Word. It starts by living this stuff out. This is my challenge for us this week. I want us all to be generous with our love. Be generous with your love. What does that look like? For everybody, it's something different. You might know that person that's giving you a hard time right now, that you need to have a conversation with, that you need to bless, that you need to pray for, that you need to love. It all looks different for all of us. But the thing that isn't different is what God is asking of us. Yes, it's easy to love people that you care about, but God is saying, man, I want you to go beyond that. That's doing the minimum. You want to know me in an intimate way? Man, we got to get intimate then. So that's what I want to see us all do. That we would be people of the word, that we would be these people. That people say, man, the people are crazy. I've seen this and this and happen, and they still loved him. They still blessed him. They was out there praying for him after they was just trying to fight him. It don't make no sense. Say, no, nah, it does. That means that's God working in that moment. Let's be generous with our love, church. Let me pray for us. Father, it's hard to love like you. But that's something you said that we don't have to do alone. That you are willing to be with us. And so, Lord, I just ask that we will put our pride to the side. We put our egos to the side. That we would allow you to work through us. Father, there's a lot of people that need you in this world. And oftentimes, the person that you have sent is us. A lot of times, we're going through things and we don't understand why we are the victims in this situation. But you're telling us to be the victors. You're telling us to be an extension of your love and your grace and your mercy. So... Help us live that out. But you give us the wisdom of the words to say, of the expressions that you want. When that other person see you through us, but we have ears that we're willing to listen. But we not just hear your words, but act on them, but try to live them out, but include you in them. Father, it's a difficult ask, Lord, but you said it's possible through you. 
So Lord, we are just asking for more of you so that way we can be people who live a generous life. Father, we thank you for the generosity that you give us. That no matter how many times we gave you a hard time, man, you never turned us away. You never said that was it, I can't do this anymore. You said, oh, come here, let's talk about this. Come here, let me love you. Come here, let me help you. Father, help us love like you. We love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.